Hello everyone, and welcome to Tinfoil Tales, and I'm your host, Brandon Wright. Got a great episode here for you tonight, but before we dive into that, if you've got a story to share, please contact me at tinfoiltalespodcast at gmail.com. You can get a hold of me on Facebook, just look up Tinfoil Tales Podcast. And if you enjoy the show and would like to help it grow, please share it around. You can leave us a five-star review. That helps the ranking of the podcast for potential people to find it. And anything that you can help think of that would help grow the podcast audience would definitely be appreciated. We're going to go back into dive into our topic for today. We're joined by our guest, Tim. Tim's a tattoo artist out in New Jersey area, but he's had a lot of experiences over the years. And he's also had some pretty interesting customers that have come in and shared some stories as well. So we're going to dive on into our story with Tim. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. like to take the time and welcome my guest tim today tim thanks for coming out and talking with me oh it's nice to be on here so i can see you're a tattoo artist yeah yeah i've been doing that for quite some time i don't know if i'm gonna lose credibility from that no i'm kidding actually it it comes to benefit with my job because people are in severe pain for me to tell them like a lot of you know stories and i lived in uh, in LA originally, uh, where it was very crime ridden and all that. So there's tons of stories about that, but a couple of my favorite ones are the ones I'm about to tell right now. Yeah. Oh yeah. I mean, the problem with my stories though, is you have to take my word for it. You know, that, and the, 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 they just, uh, when you go online and you see interviews with people about this stuff, they have so much more information than I'm able to give. You know, even when it's ghost stories, they'll be like, oh, it was an old lady from the 1800s named Betsy that wears a red dress at, you know, uh, 12 o'clock at night and walks around the perimeter of the house or something. And they have all this elaborate, oh, she just wants to figure uh, find <laughs> her killer or whatever, you know. I don't have any of that, unfortunately. <laughs> and I found you on that abduction group, as you know. Yeah. And uh, you see, now what happened was, um, yeah, after the congressional hearing, and I deep dove. Um, now I, I was never abducted, and I really don't think I was. But um, after all this information publicly came out about this subject, I just realized I, I do have unresolved issues about it. Because when I saw what I saw, it shattered everything that the church and my parents and society was trying to tell me about science and life as we know it. You know what I mean? Higher order of power, whatever, you know? So that was very uh, transforming moment, you know, not that I think that I started to springboard forth into <laughs> better directions. I thought at that point in time, it would, you know, I had to kind of digest it for a long time and I still do, <clears throat> but I guess I could begin the story now if you want me to. Yeah, that's fine. You can go ahead. So I was in Reseda, California and I'm assuming it was 1997. You see now some of the stuff about, time and all that uh i didn't have any loss of time see it's not even that cool a story i know some people are like oh i was missing for a week or five hours or three hours whatever you know and it's not like um stories like benny and barney hill or or travis balton and that stuff's amazing you know and i i do think even if i didn't experience what i did I, i would still be reading about that stuff you know there are some people I believe to be believable and then some others are, I'm just like, oh, I don't know about all that, you know, and there's just some stuff I hear that I just hope oh, God's not true. 
But um, anyways, yesterday I did jot down some information to try to um, depict the story better so you get a better visualization mentally of it. So I was in Reseda, California. I'm assuming it was 1997. I was young. Um, so anyways, <clears throat> yeah. So I was in a townhome, so there's a lot of residents there. And there's two stories of the townhome, et cetera, whatever. My parents were making dinner. It was around this time of the year, so it gets dark earlier. Like it was 8.30 or 9 or something like that. And uh, I just stood in the little backyard. There was a wood fence backyard. I'm assuming that it was like 40 by 35 or something like that. I even went as crazy as to like search the townhomes to see if they had dimensions of their backyard so I could kind of figure this out more. But uh, I guess it's not that important. And maybe another time, you know. But um, And also I tried to search for events similar or corresponding to this during that time period because there are a lot of charts that say, you know, when sightings occur or have occurred, I mean, on maps and all that. And, you know, there was stuff in Los Angeles and other places around it and what years, how many sightings, blah, blah, blah. This didn't correspond with that. I was hoping. Um, yeah, so I was standing out in the backyard just by myself staring at the sky. And in the valley, the sound bounces around real weird. So sometimes you'll see uh, the San Fernando Valley a light in the sky and you won't hear it for a couple minutes until it passes a certain point in which you hear the engine of the airplane or helicopter or whatever, you know, but sometimes something will be in the sky lit up that is just silent for a couple minutes. <clears throat> so this particular evening, and I, I guess I was in seventh grade or something like that. It's our sixth grade or the beginning of seventh grade. It was before I was really smoking weed and stuff like that and drinking, you know? So <laughs> I wasn't there yet. That's a whole bunch of different stories. But, um, yeah, I'm standing there by myself, just having a moment to myself, staring at the sky. And, and you know, I see this white light in the sky. I assumed it was an airplane, but I didn't see the red blinking light. And I was waiting for it to change direction and hear the engine and all that stuff. But uh, it wasn't really that high up in the sky at all. And I guess it caught notice of me because it, it flew into my uh, backyard. Like, like it was acknowledging that I was staring at it, you know? And I did write some notes down about it, and I found an object in the household that was a similar size. Now, I did do some research about LED bulbs. They had been invented at that point in time, but I don't remember seeing on the shelves of supermarkets. But it did resemble an LED bulb where it had like a, like a glowing plasticky kind of look. It was about two and one-fourth inches tall, like, you know, in round. It was just a perfect bulb, you know? And um, they had a really insignificant light coming out of it. It wasn't really that bright, but it illuminated all the way around. I didn't see any fancy machinery or any of that stuff. And later on, I did hear stories where these light-up balls uh, follow a larger craft, which I did not see, and uh, that they're like scouts or, or something. I don't know. It just depends on what you decide to believe in who's telling a story, but I did hear a story recently where there was multiple light balls as this, as I just described surrounding a craft, but unfortunately they were saying baseball size. But one thing I did realize is when I spoke to you earlier, I gave you like the wrong size of the height of these balls. 
And what I had to do was take a tape measure and kind of pull it out. Like, okay, it was about this far away. So my perception was off. It was a pinch bigger than I thought because if it was back there, it would appear smaller. You know what I mean? And so, um, and it was at my eye level. And it was, okay, so it was uh, about one foot, eight inches away from the fence. And I was about 12 feet away from it or closer. And it was at my eye level. I'm 5'3", so it's probably 5 or 5'3". I don't know. I think it was deliberately meeting up to my eye level. And it panned back and forth about 10 times. I'll, I'll try and see if I can muscle memory it to see if it was 10. Yeah. I mean, it had like a slight swoop when it was going left and right, like someone was holding a ball and, and moving it left and right. You know what I mean? It had a dip, I mean, back and forth. No pauses. Once it got there, it went back. And I'm, I don't know. Yeah, it didn't take very long anyway. So then it just stopped dead. And that's when I got really like scared. You know, there was a side of me that was just amazed about it at first where I was just like, oh my God, I can't believe this is happening. And I didn't want to disrupt it. It's like seeing a deer in the woods where you're like, oh no, if I make any sudden moves, it's going to bolt away. But after it panned back and forth, which was already weird enough, and I just stopped dead. And I, I assumed staring at me. I was like, what the fuck? You know, I didn't say anything. I didn't even move. I just flat jawed and stood there and I probably didn't look as surprised as I felt. And then it just disappeared into the sky and never to be seen again. And when I went back into the town home, my parents knew something was up. They were like, Oh my God, what's the matter with you? Like you saw ghosts. I said, No, no, nothing. I'm fine. And I went in my room and I just said, What the fuck? You know, in that point in my life, um, I'd hear stories and there's movies about this stuff, like mental illness. And I'm like, I really hope that's not the beginning of like schizophrenia or something like that. So I very, I very much kept it to myself, except for a very small group of friends. And then, like I said, you know, uh, you know, recently I've just been trying to figure it out because I'm kind of unresolved about it. And, and, you know, every time I heard UFO stories where people had like a telepathic message or a loss in time and being on a table with abduction, I kind of get upset because it's like, what the hell was that about? What was the point of that? I don't know. You know, it's always going to plague my mind until probably the day I die. But, you know, it does um, increase the mystery of life. And that's something I do appreciate about life. I think if, you know, an all-knowing being is part of the clouds and like, all right, this is the way life works, A, B, C, D, all the way to Z, I, I think I'd be pretty upset. You know what I mean? I like the, the potential complexity and uh, it doesn't have to feed into my ego. It doesn't have to be about me. I know human beings are very conscious beings uh, and sentimental and it's, you know, and of course I get butthurt about it. Like I said, I will be like, oh man, I didn't get any message. I didn't get any superpowers, you know. Uh, thankfully I was not probed and prodded, but yeah, it's not like a Benny and Barney Hill story or anything like that. And that's it for that one. Did you ever see anything like that again? That yeah, there? absolutely. Yeah, yeah. So I'm, again, trying to, this is before um, everything popped open you know uh, so this was about eight years ago or so I was uh I was married for 10 years and I was uh, uh me and my ex-wife were at a, uh, a brewery in downtown Pennsylvania and we got into an argument so I figured when I got back in town it was a very silent drive home <laughs> I would just you know keep a distance and I figured I'd go to my parents house which I did they weren't home um I know that in like the consumption of alcohol probably discredits this, you know, <laughs> but 
I wasn't that intoxicated. I, I kept in mind I had to drive and all that stuff. So I went to their their house, my parents' house, and they had like a, you know, one of those like poolside chairs where you could arch back and just look at the sky, you know? And I was sitting there and all of a sudden my eyes focused and I realized it was the clear as hell day. There was not a cloud to be seen. And you could just see the, the light blue of the sky. And I saw a squadron of silver balls that had to, I mean, the, and I thought about it at that moment too. I'm like, this is so high up. And it was blurry because it was so high up that these have to be pretty freaking big. You know, I can't estimate um, what, I don't know. You know what I mean? I don't know how high up that was, but they were um, flying in a circular pattern. Um, there was just a whole squad of them. I didn't, re I didn't, I don't remember seeing them disappearing and reappearing. I just remember them uh, being pretty consistent, you know, and just interweaving in a circular pattern, very coordinated and <clears throat> interesting. And I, at that time, the cell phones, and I, I'm always one notorious, except for actually this year, I have an iPhone 14, but I've been notorious my whole life for having like the the least techie cell phone there is, you know, whatever is cheapest and not upgraded and all that. And I just couldn't capture this on, on video and it really upset me, you know, <clears throat> which again, is just so that that's something that's going to irk me for the rest of my life. You know, it just, I, I think it was the pixelation and how high it was, you know, the resolution of the, the, the filming capabilities. It just was not cutting it. You know, and I immediately out of anger deleted what I, I really wish I kept that footage because now there's so many programs accessible to tweak footage and see, you know, adjust the contrast and the, everything. And uh, what are you going to do? But after having that second experience, and it's been a long time since then, I, I realized that, you know, it might not be the last one. And thank God. And I think that's actually why I got like the newest, coolest phone besides to take pictures of the work that I do every day. Um, is like, well, maybe this will come in handy one day. Now I have more of an advantage. At least I don't have to ask the question to myself, am I crazy? You know what I mean? This is, uh, I don't know. I've seen some pretty nutty things in life, and thank God there were witnesses there, because otherwise, you know, definitely people wouldn't believe this, half that stuff. You know what I mean? But I think a lot yeah, of people, they don't uh, even think about grabbing their phone right off the bat. Like, if they see some shit or whatever, they're just kind of in awe of the moment. They don't even think about trying to record it or get a photo of it. Not so much just UFOs, but just in general, like anything that they encounter with that awe factor. Oh, oh sure. And, you know, for, and for me, it's more believable when I see the person's hand shaking and them breathing all weird. Because I think that if I did grab my phone, uh, I, I'd be like, fuck, you know, like, oh, my God, I'm sorry, I cursed edit i guess <laughs> but you know i would just i think i'd react the same way i don't think my hand would be steady at all you know and i have one more story actually uh if you want to hear it yeah i'm here all day so whatever you got to talk about all righty so me and my friend matt and this is when i was in the height of smoking weed and drinking and all that stuff like that but that i think there's a different moral to this story here um, so we were getting incredibly stoned and we, we went into his backyard at his mom's house and, and laid down on the beach chairs. And we were in probably like 10th grade or something like that. And all of a sudden out of nowhere, and we didn't, we didn't even acknowledge it to each other. We were sure we were doubting ourselves. And then if whatever, it was just incredible to see, we saw this giant 
very stereotypical huge UFO cutting through the clouds. And for a while, we just dumbfoundedly stared at it. And eventually, I was like, yo, you see that? He was like, yeah, man, I do, you know? I'm like, no effing way, you know? And then after we saw that, <clears throat> we were just, I mean, we saw the paneling on it. We saw the lights on there, like what would be lights, I guess. It wasn't lit up. And uh, we were just floored. And every time we went to a social event, we were like, oh, my God, we saw this big UFO. It was so, in the, you know, in the day, it was a bit cloudy, but it was so crispy and whoa, you know. And being that I already saw something that pertains to that subject, I just didn't doubt it. But I don't know how much time passed. It must have been um, quite some time because I did tell the story for a while. But eventually, I figured out what it was. It, it was, um, I was driving, It well, no, my parents were driving. I was in the back seat. We were going to a restaurant or a church. I don't know. Yeah, church. And they were about to get on the freeway. And over there, it's very notorious where people sell stuff next to the freeway. You know, the fence where you're about to get on, board on. Um and I saw exactly that UFO. It was a giant, I mean, giant. I mean, what's the footage? I don't know. I'm talking about surpassing, uh, it was probably 12 feet or so wide. It was a giant metallic balloon that rose from heat. You know what I mean? You, you inflate it and you sit it on the ground on a hot day and it starts to rise. And the way it behaved in the clouds was just coincidental, but it was the same paneling and same lights. And it just, and then I told my friend Matt, and he was just like, okay, I thought that was too good to be true. And I'm like, yeah, I, I guess, because, you know, I, but, but it told, it, it, it showed me that you just, you, you can't always believe what you see, you know what I mean? It could be an explanation. But that ball I saw, the first story I told you, there was no technology like that then. I'm very thankful that it happened then, not now, because now I would doubt it and be like, Oh, well, you know, maybe the government made that. And, but by now, you know, and, and I've been keeping track of like the um, stuff that, the, you know, that's going into the skies that the government's making. I don't mean like I have like undisclosed information. It's just you see it, you know, on airfields and things like this or flying uh, what they brag about eventually. And it's been so many eras of that tech that's uh, changed drastically. Sure. But. None of it even resembles that 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 little ball that I saw in I guess '97, you know, and and that's really it, you know. It's just all fascinating. Um, I'm so glad that this is all cracked open, and hopefully next year we'll have some more answers, you know. Nowadays, people would think that the little ball thing was probably just like a little drone or something, but back in '97, those weren't like readily available to people. So, oh yeah, I mean, well there was no. There was no, it was just a ball. There was no um, propulsion system. There was no fan blades, none of that. It was just a ball, like a a cue ball, but smaller, you know, and, and like a plasticky looking finish because it was such a soft LED type glow. I did see a little bit of the light reflect off the fence behind it. It was a about a, I wrote it down. Um, it was about a, like, a foot and eight inches or so away from the fence. So it did have like, you know, it did bounce off the wood, you know, it did illuminate the area just a pinch, but it wasn't significant. I, I don't know what the point of that would be. 
you know, I might get, and, and, you know, when you hear the stories now about uh, things like that following a larger UFO, maybe that's just so they see it's there, kind of like a lighthouse or a tower light, you know, like, oh, that's right there. We can't fly into it. I don't know. But I would assume their tech is so much more involved than that. That, and you read this stuff now, and they're saying that the, the, the aliens are actually interdimensional beings. And um, if they exist past, you know, what the fourth dimension is time, right? And you go beyond that. I mean, are we even seeing the whole thing or are you just seeing a part of it? I don't know. But one story that really struck me, and it did involve these balls, was um, that, that Zimbabwe school aerial, the kids in 1994, the group, then they were all tiny kids. They were all like eight and younger or so. I don't know. They looked like 10 and younger. Like they were elementary school. Um, and that is interesting to see that 62 children saw that event and actually one adult too they um they were having a board meeting so that all the teachers and staff were in that room there was three different children that went in there to kind of get their uh attention be like hey you need to come out here something weird's happening you know <clears throat> and they didn't but someone one of the staff that was running a snack booth or something like that finally got out and they uh, all they saw was the craft taking off you know but the kids did note that there were like these smaller light balls around the craft and i thought that was pretty cool strangely enough these little glowing orbs have been seen a lot lately when people have also seen like bigfoot sasquatch type sightings they think encounters with they see these glowing little balls floating around out in the woods so i think it's kind of strange that with ufos somehow are now people are considering that part of a whole Sasquatch type thing. Like I'm wondering if it's not all somehow connected because you even mentioned interdimensional beings and a lot of people for whatever reason these days are thinking that that's what a Sasquatch actually is. So it is. Oh yeah. You know, I, I don't have, mean to sound old tinfoil hat or whatever, but I've been also uh, <clears throat> learning about uh, since then uh, nuclear energy and atoms and all that stuff and how they even came up with the theories about dimensions, you know, even beyond string theory, which is the most heard one. But um, so that's why I said that, you know, maybe sometimes you're not even seeing the full being or thing that's presented to you for another dimension because you just don't have the capability. We're only three dimensional people, you know, with three dimensional perspective. That's all we got. And there's so much more. There's potentially over a hundred different dimensions. Like what the hell? That's so in, like inconceivable, you know, it's, it's insane, but uh, I think it's plausible, you know, and um, I'm starting to lean more that direction. I mean, I, you know, obviously I do think that beings in other, in other galaxies have, uh, universes or whatever i mean galaxies and sorry solar systems um could exist you know we're all and it's what's real fascinating to me is that whatever lands on this earth is usually just what's on the uh or if not all the time just the stuff that's the periodic table of elements which are atoms themselves you know and we have that new fusion reactor coming up now that they say it's going to come in effect in the next four years it's going to change the output of electricity is I don't know the math, but it's just so significant more than like the giant nuclear reactors we have. And it's a very uh, low um, danger system they created where it doesn't output a, a lot of dangerous radiation, if not at all, you know, and uh, it looks like it's going to be something that could just be strapped to a building someday. It's pretty small, you know, and I'm sure. And that's just the prototype. They're going to make smaller ones. 
but actually, and it's going to be running off of seawater. And so I got real, you know, tinfoil hat and thought, wait a minute, maybe there really isn't UFO bases. Maybe they dunk in the water to refuel themselves for their own type of clean nuclear energy, you know, their own fusion system. I mean, sorry. Yeah. There are a lot of theories about underwater alien bases. So, and a lot of things do run, like you said, a lot of the seawater and everything. They think that's part of the way of them recharging. That's why they dive into the water because universally, a water is one of those building blocks that they think is needed for like evolution for life to be out there. So it would make sense that maybe if there are species that are from a different galaxy or whatever that's traveled here, they'd want to come here because of the water. Oh, sure. Absolutely. I, I Well, you know, as we all know, the sun's a giant H bomb in itself. And that's, that's uh, the most, I, I would assume the most significant thing in our solar system, you know, it being the center of and the energy that's in it. But I say assume because who knows, you know, the more we learn about life, this, it just gets more complex, which is great. I like it. I, that's what, and what keeps me from getting all crazy and upset about all this stuff is that when you look back in history, uh, especially during wars, there's always been accounts of UFOs and things like that, you know? Where the Being term Foo Fighters came from. Everyone thinks it's a band, but it was actually from what they were seeing back in World War II. Oh, yeah. And even uh, I was reading recently, and I, I wish I wrote it down. There was a, a, a Roman general that would see these, what he called flaming shields, follow them when they would go into battle. And I, I believe that was before Christ. I, I can't remember. I should have wrote it down for this. <laughs> I didn't know we were going to get this far, that you're just going to be like, oh, that's your story. Okay, peace, you know? <laughs> No, I like having good discussions. I think. Oh man, right. and and I love and I do that with my customers too. Some of these kids uh, are the stuff that they're telling me and helping me see more and learn more. And like I said, now I'm trying to figure out like you know fusion energy and how that works and why that would pertain to it. And I love hearing about like how UFOs have shut down missile silos and. And you see the maps that, um, oh, what's the name of that guy that works for Tom DeLong? He uh, he put up, a, or I don't know if he made the map, but there's a map showing military bases and UFO sightings. And it's just, it's in sync big time. It's obvious that they're monitoring the, and it said, they say that uh, when you, you know, use a nuclear weapon it i mean obviously you're you're just you're destroying atoms and making this huge volatile effect but uh what how many dimensions does the strings on an atom vibrate in 11 dimensions or something like that or it's said it's proposed to be right and so they're saying that when you discharge a nuclear weapon it disrupts things in other dimensions and that's why these interdimensional beings are like yo man that's enough of that you know and if we wanted to we could just shut this all down you know and if that's the case, and I'm hoping it is, I'm not going to say it is. That's amazing. I love that. You know, they would have wiped us out by now if they wanted to. But I think with the other dimensions, it's it's hard to fathom just because again we can't necessarily see anything besides the 3D dimension that we're living in. So thinking of anything that be in a different dimension that we wouldn't be able to see, but it's already here, just doesn't seem comprehensible. At least to me, my brain doesn't process it, but. It is just strange to think that we don't really know the possibilities. Oh, yeah. And, but who's, you know, the fourth dimension is time. 
Um, so if anything's beyond that, then they have the ability to go back and forth. So even if another type of beings are from, you know, a galaxy far away, uh, who's to say what we're doing on earth isn't a butterfly effect that will affect those galaxies out there in the future. And they're like, Hey man, you gotta cut this out because you're going to mess us up all the way out here in a different time period. You know what I mean? You just can't think that simply, simply about it because it's just all we can comprehend is what we see around us. We can just have, we have to draw comparisons. Like I was in a, a sculpture class where, um, this guy, Jordi Shell, he's amazing. And he sent us all these uh, emails of these sea creatures that washed up during a, a typhoon in Japan or whatever. And he said, this is the best material you could have for reference for doing like aliens and science fiction stuff. And even when I was sculpting a demon, he was like, you got to make it resemble something in nature. Otherwise, you're going to remove the believability of it if you make it too wonky. You know, I mean, he went through some of the. He's like, well, point out that he had like a whole display of stuff he made. And he said, what are the most believable looking beings that I've created? And, and I pointed them out and he said, oh, those eyes are elk eyes. And these are, um, you know, horns from this creature and the, these features and the teeth. I referenced this and it was all taken from even like, you know, the, the, the stereotypical image of the, the devil himself. It's got freaking like a, a tail and, 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 and hooves and horns and teeth like an animal and all that stuff. And of course that in the color red is just to excite you. It's like why McDonald's uses it. It's it, it just drawing things that would affect your unconscious and, and make you upset about it. You know what I mean? Like viewing it as a threat, you know, okay, we're going to make this character Satan and it's going to be visually a threat. What do we need to do? And that's why they took all that stuff, you know, and put mosh it together. I think, you know, <laughs> Yeah, I think there's a lot of stuff that uh, interconnect between each other as well. Like we have all these different, not to go completely 180 on a different topic, but I think a lot of the religions are based off of modern man's like interactions with not necessarily aliens, but like something they couldn't understand. Like they think these angels and these other higher power gods came from the skies and everything else who's to say like this whole ancient astronaut theory thing isn't somewhat plausible because if you go back through most religions they all have the same kind of concept to where even like the native americans the hopi indians they have the star people so oh yeah it's like who's to say that what our ancient ancestors thousands of years ago were seeing and making these stories about making religions out of weren't just something from a different did you ever read this coming through here oh yeah did you ever read the story about the sand down clown no i have not it, it was in a, a journal in the 70s about uh, ufos but people were arguing like hey does this have anything to do with aliens but it's a possible interdimensional being and granted it, the, the the kids that encountered this being they were only like eight years old so it could all be a bunch of crap but the description, if you see the, the drawing of the Sandown Clown, where he, he called himself All Colors Sam, you can just search that and find it. And this thing looks a lot like a Kachina. So when you said that, that's the first thing I thought about. And even when I showed it to a friend of mine that's Native American, he's like, wow, that's so cool that that creature resembles a Kachina. Like it could be, you know, I'm like, I don't know. I mean, it was docile. It didn't harm the kids. The kids hung out with it for a while. It didn't say what it was, you know, like the second think- question. 
Huh? I actually think I have heard this story. Didn't it have something down by a river and they claimed they went into like its ship, but it was like supposedly like its home and it looked like a clown to them, but it. Yeah. Yeah, I, I actually have heard this story. I didn't know what it was called, but I kind of know what you're talking about. It was supposedly written by the father and then it was anonymously entered into that, that, that magazine or zine or whatever. I don't know what you'd call that. No. Monthly, weekly thing about UFOs, but yeah, I just thought that was cool, you know. And the resemblance of the Kachina was very striking. They thought that maybe it picked up a clown's, like because of the way it actually looked. It says that was the kids couldn't process it, so it had to project an image that they could relate to. Exactly, and that kind of goes back into the interdimensional stuff. Is that? If you're not seeing it, you don't have the ability to see it in its entirety. Who's to say our brain isn't kind of filling in the blank or they are assisting with like relatability. Like the, and some would say that about the Sasquatch and you said that earlier, (laughs) you know, I have a friend that has, uh, that believes there is a direct connection between the Sasquatch and UFOs. And uh, he's got stories, you know, he's, I I don't know if he'd want to do this. I'll ask him, you know. Yeah, definitely hear from him. Oh, yeah, yeah. All right, I'll pass the information down. Yeah, this is the type of stuff that the whole reason I started this podcast is basically because I want to hear the actual stories from people themselves that have encountered the stuff and seen the stuff and have their own conclusions they've decided for what they've seen because a lot of podcasts, you just hear people talking like just the host talking about and reading someone else's experiences. And that's not what I'm about. I'd rather hear it from the horse's mouth rather than relaying stories. So I'm always wanting to find out more information from people. Oh, sure. And, you know, I hate to go this direction because this has been a, uh, but uh, I do think there's a, a connection with like uh, ghost experiences too and stuff like that. Cause I've had a handful of those as a kid. And that's kind of why I kept so tight lipped about the orb as there were some other things that happened and still do. And thank God recently, two years ago, I moved into this town and I was sitting on the stoop smoking a cigarette and so many people came by and not all at once, but <clears throat> they were like, Oh, you know, Woodbury's haunted, right? And they had a ghost tour and a paranormal demonstration. And I rolled my eyes about it. You know, most of my life, I doubted my sanity about all this stuff, but then, you know, uh, my, my girlfriend, that was upstairs was, you know, I was sitting on the couch and she was like, get over here now. And I thought she was going to yell at me about not getting fabric softener or something like that. And I'm just like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll be there in a second. And she's like, no, get over here right now. She cursed a lot. And I'm not going to quote all that, <laughs> but yeah, I heard this sound that sounded like a, a drill or a squealing pipe. I couldn't figure it out. And I poked my head in the bathroom where she was pointing and the toilet paper was unraveling faster than you put it on the highest setting of a drill, you know? And it's a really crude toilet paper holder that it has a cell phone holder on top, but it's just uh, a bent bar. Like, you know, it's just uh, less than an inch wide. And then I don't even know, like just what's the, it's just like a sliver of metal. Anyways, that that sound was the resistance of the cardboard scraping against that um, metal um, bar and so when it was done unwinding i pulled I, that's the first thing i did was pull off the, the cardboard um the tube off of it and just examine it there was nothing in there you know and there was other things that were happening too and stuff that happened before that but i just thought i was going nuts you know and i do have a considerable amount of cameras in this building 
but what really sucks about that footage is that someone could always pick it apart and say, oh, well, you know, you were hiding under there, manipulating this, or someone did this and that off the camera. And it just so happens. I don't have any footage yet that could be um, undeniable, you know? And, and, and one thing that happened, I don't know if it has anything to do with paranormal, but I had a display case explode while me and my customer were outside. And uh, when we came back in, you know, this whole thing was shattered. And when I checked the footage, the thing that my, my cameras do is they, they only record when there's movement. And for about two minutes beforehand, and we were outside for over 10 minutes, two minutes before that, it was recording for absolutely no reason. And then when the display case shattered, it looked like someone just took a baseball bat to it. But there's a glitch in the footage where it just goes from not being broken to broken. I did put it on Facebook and everybody's like, well, clearly someone just paused the camera and, you know, it damaged it and then ran away and put the cameras back on. But that's not what happened. And that's the most suspicious part of it is how the camera system reacted to this whole thing. You know, why, why did it record for two minutes? What the heck was that? And I looked at that footage so many times. There's nothing going on. And I don't have errors like that happening with the system where it just records for no reason, you know? Honestly, if you had full-on video of everything happening, someone would still try and discredit it just because that's how we are programmed to be these days. Everyone. Oh, absolutely. Everybody wants to wrap life in a tight little box. You know, see, I don't want to do that. You know, I, I like the mystery of life. I don't want to know everything. I mean, if after, you know, I serve my term here on Earth, maybe afterwards, maybe I want that information. But at the moment, no, it kind of keeps me going, you know. I love reading about this stuff. And the experiences kind of pull me away from the things I'm really afraid of, like other people and bills from, you know, the IRS and stuff like that. <laughs> you know? The real life stuff that we all have to deal with. Yeah, that's what I'm really afraid of. My God. And even when the whole toilet paper situation happened, you know, ooh, my girlfriend was like, whoa, well, you know, how come you're not concerned about it? I'm like, well, it's not kitchen knives getting thrown at me. I mean, although at the time, you know, toilet paper was at a was a high commodity and very expensive. And then even the day after that, too, like she exited through the, the lower floor. <clears throat> she didn't go to the restroom. I double checked the footage and I walked in the bathroom before I started working and all the toilet paper was unraveled on the ground. This happened for a couple of weeks where I just walk in the bathroom and the toilet paper was just unraveled on the floor. And eventually it went from that to just the whole roll being pulled off and just the whole thing just thrown across the room, you know. I, I don't know what that was, you know, or and why nothing's really happening now. Maybe because I don't, the last thing that happened here, we just laughed at it. And maybe that has to do with the, the energy we're giving it. Maybe it's trying to invoke a reaction. We're not giving it the reaction at once, you know. And I hear that, you know, two years ago, we were setting up this building, <clears throat> you know, that the ghosts or whatever don't like when you modify a building they're familiar with. It just messes with their memory of that place or whatever but that's just all what you know if you decide to believe it you know kind of going back to the whole di parallel dimensions different everything else i've always wondered if like the spirit realm isn't just something of a higher dimension that we can't see but somehow still interacts with us oh sure absolutely i mean that's exactly where i'm going with it for sure you know because i know there's like different spectrums like these cameras that can see in like all different light spectrums because we can only see in certain ones and like obviously you have infrared and you have all these other ones and they can pick up stuff that you can see that we can't see with the naked eye who's to say that these spirits or whatever they actually are 
aren't something from a different dimension that we're just not capable of seeing or understanding. Oh, absolutely. That's exactly what I, I concur with because, um, you know, there's a lot of things that correspond with you know, the UFO and paranormal stuff, such as those light balls. Like I remember as a child, my mom uh, was said after her aunt passed away, a ball of light went into her room and it was bigger than what I saw. And, and I, I just remember even as it was happening, I was like, oh my God, is this a light ball, like a spirit, like my mom was talking about. But I immediately felt that it wasn't, I was like, this is nothing to do with my family members. This is nothing to do with, you know, ghosts or anything. I even had a medium, not that I sought out a medium, but a medium was talking to me and I didn't divulge much information, but I asked them, I said, what do you think that light ball was when I saw the child? And they were like, oh, it's an angel. And I'm just like, nah, I don't think it is. <laughs> I'm leaning more towards like a robot or like a, a space insect or something that's flying around like a gnat or something. I don't know. You know, you know it definitely acknowledged me, but it didn't, it didn't give me any information, no telepathic message. You know, I didn't hear the voice of my, my, uh, the deceased family member or anything like that. You know what I mean? It was silent. That's one thing I forgot to say. Didn't make a noise whatsoever dead silent it was a very quiet night i know some people have seen stuff that they call ball lightning which i have no idea what that is or how that works I've never really looked into it but and i thought that for years i thought that for years and you there's depictions in artwork that go back you know a couple hundred years but and scientifically it, it's hypothetical but there is no current footage or pictures of ball lightning you know that's the same thing as UFOs. Even if you do believe in it, uh, ball lightning, there, there's no proof of it right now. Not yet, you know. And, I, and the way it behaved, it was very clear to me it wasn't. But for more than a decade, I wrote it off as ball lightning for sure. But that's just not what it was, you know. It seemed but, to have some sort of intelligence to itself. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. It, it, it only came down because I was staring at it. And it was just like, oh, okay, you see me? And then it just waved itself around. And I don't know what that back and forth motion was. I don't know if that was like a wave hello or if it was scanning me, photographing me. That would be intense, you know? <laughs> if some being in the future was like, here's a picture of you when you were a kid that we took or a video. <laughs> because we saw that you saw us. So we were like, eh, whatever, you know? I think if there are something coming here to look at the earth they do the same thing that we kind of do like when we go off and investigate new areas like we're out looking for new species like these scientists are out digging around in jungles or whatever if they were sending out probes wouldn't they have like some sort of electronic things to go around and scan things and like try and get an idea before they sent their actual people here i think if, oh, space travel, everything that's probably actually traveling through space is probably not an actual you're not going to encounter the actual being you're going to encounter like something that they've created to go out and explore like when we send probes through space that's what they're sending here oh no doubt absolutely i mean it's funny to me that um one story i forgot the name of these gentlemen one passed away and one's old and about to pass away he's got ill but it was like in the early 70s and they were fishing and this was in missouri i think if i remember i haven't heard this story in a long time um there was an older gentleman and a younger gentleman and they were fishing in an area where they weren't permitted to and the younger guy's like well let's just fish somewhere else and the old guy's like nah nothing's gonna happen they saw a blue light behind them there was like two or three robotic aliens from a craft took them on board where they had like a female looking gray examine them and they and they got released back there wasn't much time loss i don't think if any but 
<clears throat> immediately the older guy, you know, start publicly talking about it. And when they were um, brought into, uh, well, you know, the, old, the older guy's like, I'm going to contact the sheriff and we're going to report this. And the young guy's like, no, man, everybody's going to think I'm crazy. I don't want to do this. And they were saying the young guy was clawing at the walls in the police office. And they called up the guy that did the um, lie detector test and said, I know you're off duty and at home doing your thing. And I know it's late, but we have two gentlemen here that claim that they were abducted. Do you want to do something about that? And the guy was like, oh, heck yeah. You know, and they tested him like three or five times and they came up, you know, they weren't lying about a thing. And the, the sheriff asked the, the guy doing the lie detector test, what do you think? He's like, well, you know, we ran this test more than three times and I believe they believe what they're saying is true. You know, I'm inclined to say that they're not, that they're not lying based on the evidence, you know, and um, the, the town ended up believing them, you know, the kid got became well quiet about it. He didn't want to talk about it any further than that, but the older guy published a book. But so where I'm getting at is the, the parallel of fishing and abduction. I thought that was hilarious. It was like catch and release, you know, and the telepathic message they got was that we're not here to hurt you and we'll be done soon. And that's hilarious to me because they were probably doing the same thing to fish or just catching fish, pulling the hook out, throwing it back in. <laughs> you know what I mean? You know, we tag animals and chip them and all this stuff and they send them back out in the wild. It's so funny how that similar that was. I've actually got a guy that I'm talking to to try and get on for an episode. He's from a different country, so the time zones are messed up, but he's supposed to be a doctor. And oh, wow. He, he uh, removes implants from people okay and he wants to come on and talk about it. he named some of the stuff that he's been checking and looking i have no idea what he's talking about because clearly i don't know any of that crap <laughs> so but like all the stuff that he's testing for it and that's definitely something i'm interested because in, again i think that's something like what we do you just said it we tag animals we do this and that so what would not i can't think that why wouldn't a different species just come down and investigate us do the same thing like they're going to tag us they're going to monitor us they're going to do whatever they can because they're interested in us oh yeah I, yeah um and it, it's funny you said he's a doctor and all that i mean i don't know what his credentials are but i've definitely worked with people um where i'm stuck in the chair with them for hours and uh like one guy that stands out and i won't say his name of course you know um the dude's got three kids. He's married. He's been married a long time. There's no hiccups in that relationship. And he's a very health conscious individual that did like the those races, the triathlons and whatever, blah, blah, blah. Um, and he's an environmental engineer. And one time, I'm dead serious. Uh, he told me that his whole life, he was he gets screamed at by demons out of the blue. He'll just be like putting his tie on at home or whatever. And these demons are like, kill yourself. And they throw him across the room and all this crazy shit. And I'm like, for me, and then he, it took him a while to tell me that. And he didn't seem embarrassed about it. But here's a guy that's very much sane. You know, his, he's got a, a phenomenal uh, an education. Uh, you know, he's just, if you're going to believe someone, it's going to be believing a person like that, you know. And for him to say that to me what the hell is that all about? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and so this is where, you know, it gets kookier and I don't know if there's any correlation, but the tattoo machine I was tattooing with on that occasion in which he was saying that demons like try to sabotage his life and scream at him and throw him around and all that. My machine broke in three different places in my hand. My machine fell apart. Like someone loosened everything up and it just parts start falling. 
And he was like, see, I told you, you know, <laughs> I, I mean, that's I, the, the likelihood of that was very slim to none. You know, these are very like well built and usually there's like Loctite on the hardware and all this stuff like that. But yeah, three different segments of the machine. And if this was on a video, it would show you what kind it was and where it broke. But it was pretty much impossible to happen all at once. And he immediately associated with how he's cursed with that, you know, like, oh, that's the proof of what I'm talking about. <laughs> I, just, I just laughed you know i was like okay that's, it's weird that's actually very <laughs> interesting because i just had a recording session with someone for a future episode that he said he has demonic attacks and they basically follow him they have since he was a child and yeah his wife was also on the call she was verifying stuff because when they got together, he moved into her house and she never had any sort of experiences. But as soon as he moved in, everything that he'd experienced started happening in their house. Like stuff was getting broken. Stuff was like falling off. Like she said, one of her hairbrushes fell off as a hard hairbrush, hard plastic, and it just shattered everywhere from the force of how it just impacted into the ground. Oh so yeah. It's interesting that he said he was had these demons screaming at him all the time. This guy said he literally was getting attacked all the time by what he called demons because he said they were like sharp pains that would come through his back, through the front, always like every, all the time, just because of, it's just what he's dealt with. So, and he had people that collaborates the story with him because they've experienced it too. So it's just interesting that you just told me something similar. So... Oh, yeah. I mean, you know, he's not the only one, though. I, I interact with so many people of all sorts of uh, educational backgrounds. And I mean, for the past, oh, you know, 13 years or so, it's usually upper middle class, middle class people at this point. Very rarely do I tattoo uh, lower income folks. But what I'm, what I'm saying is not that I wouldn't. I don't care about that. But what I'm saying is some of these people that tell me these insane stories. And, and it's amazing because sometimes the witnesses will be there with them or they'll call the person or they will, um, yeah, yeah. They'll, they'll generate some sort of witness pretty immediately. It could be their wife, it could be their friends. They'll call somebody up that will testify to it. And, uh, but oh yeah, it did not get off track. Um, the connection of all UFO and, and ghost stuff that I'm, I'm thinking. And, and what's interesting with that alien abduction group that I found you on was um, people are saying that reptilians thrive on negative energy. And sometimes they say that about grays too. And they can't help but to think that's what it is. Even in my personal experience, when we laughed off the last paranormal thing that happened in this building, it just ceased. We have not had anything happen in here for, oh, it's been, I don't know, a year or so, you know? And uh, I can't help but to think there's a connection to that. And yeah, I guess the more energy you give it, the more it displays itself. Like, you know, and, and maybe that's the same thing. Maybe they're trying to invoke a reaction to these people and there's some sort of negative energy that they like. I don't know. But uh, I mean, even going back to the ghost stuff, I'm sorry, it's too sidetracked. But um, one story that really, really, uh, I love it is just, I was tattooing these kids. Um, one of them was sitting next to the one I was tattooing and they were like jocks. They were like, you know, football dudes, but they're good people. You know, they're not like bullies or whatever. And they're intelligent and they have a good head on their shoulders, but they're very physically fit football star kids, you know? 
And the one that I was tattooing was telling me a story that they were all in a field, football field, um, at night drinking heavily. And uh, from their point of view, you could see the parking lot pretty good. And one of their friends had like a really fancy car that he was very proud of. And so one of them notes uh, or says to the others, he's like, look, that guy's disrespecting the car on the parking lot. They saw a dude that had his foot rested against the hood of the car. Like, you know, like he was standing away from the car and had his foot propped against the hood, you know, or bumper or whatever. And they were all like, yo, let's go fuck him up. And the guy that had his foot on the car, sorry if that, that messed anything up. Um, the guy that had the foot on the car had a group of friends around him. And this is the weirdest thing. All the kids described it as um, they looked like greasers where they had pompadours, white shirts, leather jackets, blue jeans, you know? And so they all start running after these guys like, oh, we're going to beat them up. Oh, we're going to get them, this and that. And what they told me was the closer they got to these people and they didn't move, the more they vanished. And by the time they got to that place, they were completely gone. They didn't run away. They just disappeared. It's interesting. And they got one of the kids. So, so, yeah, I was tattooing the kid that told me the story, and his friend was uh, just agreeing with it because he was there, the one that sit next to him. And then they called. They were like, oh, you don't believe me? Watch this. And they called one of their friends, and, and they're like, remember that time at the football field and we saw those greasers? And the kid was immediately like, yo, yeah, that was, that was nuts. You know, it was just there was a lot of witnesses of this story yeah. locally here. Oh, it just goes on from there. Even like just talking to couples, I'll tattoo like the wife or the husband, and they'll talk about paranormal stuff that reoccurs involving their children sometimes, you know, unfortunately. You know, not that they've ever, I've heard of a child getting hurt, but, uh, you know, they'll tell me a wild story and then their wife will come in with like a coffee and some food and be like, oh, honey, remember that black cloud that, that, that went from her child's room to the attic and this happened and that happened and and what do I to do with that? You know what I mean? And these people usually have really good jobs working at hospitals or construction companies. And yeah, I mean, they're like not, it's so indiscriminate that, you know, even people that are religious tell me these stories, people that are, you know, well-paid jobs. And, and some of them have given me some good life advice where obviously they, they have a good grip on reality. I just don't know, you know, but I can't help but think it's all connected as, as we've already been saying. Since I started doing this, it's only been just going on two months now, but I've been trying to advertise here and there. And I actually do work in the construction field. Like, Oh, nice. Like I'm not actually out doing the work, but I'm actually like the engineer of the jobs or whatever. But yeah. so when I go out there and I'm seeing stuff, people are like, cause I got my little sticker on the back of my truck or whatever advertising. So when I drive around, people see the podcast, like it's free advertisement. And I've been asked questions about it. And some people have actually brought up like some of their stuff to me. So I think it's once they figure out what I'm doing, they're more open to share their experiences. And it's strange to me how many people actually have these experiences, but typically won't talk about it. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, one, another one that stands out and there was multiple kids that saw the same thing as they were walking around at night in the middle of the night, like beyond midnight, I guess. And at some point, you know, one of the kids pointed out there was a half a person crossing the street. It was just a set of legs that was walking from <laughs> one side of the street to the other, you know? And the kid's like, 
oh man, I still have that footage. I'm like, you have footage of that? You have to show it to me. And he said, well, you know, it was a couple of laptops back and I'd have to find the computer and yank it off the hard drive. And he's like, I'll, I'll get it back. He's like, I kind of just forgot about it. And his friend was like, oh, well, I was there for it. And um, you know, one thing that I parallel I drew recently was I was watching a lot of paranormal videos, obviously UFO stuff. And now I want to run into this kid again and, and show him the uh, Fresno, what are they called? Walkers? The, the, they look like a set of legs walking on the front lawn of that house, you know? That's, the Fresno Nightcrawlers. There yep, you go. Yep. And I, oh. want to, I want to show him that and be like, did it look more like this? Like, because I didn't, I failed to ask what I should have asked. It was like, what kind of shoes was it wearing? You know what I mean? But the way they presented it is it looked like a normal person's like lower half of the body, like the top part evaporated away and it was just like, you know, the hip to the feet, you know, and just casually walking across the street and it just blew their minds. I love this multiple witness stuff. Oh my God. And, I, and I'm, I'm considering actually like exploiting this stuff more and asking these people, would you want to sign us paperwork? And, uh, you know, I don't know what I would do with that. You know what I mean? What I'd fork it over to, but like catalog it, you know, because there's some amazing stories out there. It's incredible. If you have anyone like, coming in that wants to share their stuff, have them reach out to my podcast. I'd love to yeah, hear that'd more be awesome. from them. My, my next uh, thing I'm very excited about is I've been tattooing this one kid for uh, years. Um, and um, he, he's, he's in the police academy. I don't know if he's a, an officer now. And he's a very right wing guy. Like he was into that 3% movement and he voted for Trump and all this stuff like that. And, uh, I was tattooing one of his friends who's also an officer and has been in the force longer. And he was saying, Oh, I have a friend that's a medium. I'm like, Oh yeah. It's like, what do they do that for a living? And like, no, they're really embarrassed of it. And they consider it to be a curse. And he went on to tell me that his father was too. And I was like, well, what does father, what's his father do for a living? And he's like an English teacher or something like that. Like not even, he doesn't acknowledge it. Doesn't talk about it. Doesn't want to very embarrassed about it. But they claim it's genetically passed down this ability to, to of, of you know being mediums and they can communicate with the dead and shit like that. So um, sorry. And so I was I like, oh my god. Oh, okay, but I was like, oh my god, can you uh, get him to talk to me about that stuff? And he's like, oh, I'll, I'll see. And then he messaged him and said, you know, you know, Tim wants to um, uh, ask you about your you know psychic abilities or whatever he's got. You know, I don't know what immediate besides communicating with the dead i don't know yet i haven't talked to him about it yet and i've been like hovering over his message thing like oh i want to start talking about it now and i'll just wait for him to come back in you know and then we'll be in a room by, alone so he could you know it's not gonna like it's not gonna it's not like he's gonna look like a kook in front of a bunch of people you know and i'm just excited because it sounds so legit and i've had customers say that they were at a party or a, a social event and someone sat down next to him and <clears throat> and be like uh you know, I'm a medium, you know, not, not by trade, but, uh, I have someone that's, that's just won't leave me alone. And they, they want me to tell you something. And I just want to ask you, are you giving me permission to, 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 you know, pass this message to you? And they'll be like, sure. And it'll be like, your, your mom is wondering why the red dress is still in the closet. And it'll be like, Oh my God, how the hell would you, you don't know me at all? Like, you know, without any question asking, because I know, there's a lot of con artists historically in the carnivals and whatever, you know, of uh, cold reading people and all that. And there's just some stories I hear where it doesn't involve the cold reading at all, or the person just starts by 
you know, dispensing this mind blowing information that no one else would know, you know? And, you know, of course, going back to aliens and how they have like that ability of telepathy and then, or they don't even have to use their mouth or facial expressions anymore because the thought they, they, they transfer over to you is much more than a facial expression or a way to say it. You just know what they meant by it. And, uh, and the stories that, uh, you know, that these telepathic aliens, uh, are just future people and it's just a part of that evolution. I can't help but to think that there's some sort of connection there, especially when you look at DNA. <clears throat> and I did, uh, what did I do, Ancestry? Yeah, I did Ancestry. My, my father did 22, 20, uh, 23 me, it's called. But uh, not that there was any anomalies in mind, but I've spoken to people that have that unknown DNA from West Africa. They cannot, like, not that they've overanalyzed it, but I do. You know, when I hear someone say they have unknown DNA, I'm like, what the hell is that all about? You know what I mean? And then you go even crazier and, and make an even bigger tinfoil hat to think that, like, there was some influence, you know, somewhere along the line. And it's weird that there's those, those uh, disembodied, like, genetic uh, lack of connection to the evolution. Like, like I don't, what was it? Octop is it octopus or... It's the octopuses, right? They're the ones that don't really have a connection to anything else. They're kind of like the aliens of the earth, they say, right? Yep. So uh, all that. I actually have a lot of tattoos that are all cephalopods. So the that's awesome. Always, my wife and I have a connection. And we've always been giant fans of octopus and stuff like that. So I don't blame you. That's awesome. I've always thought they're like the most interesting creatures because everyone has said that like there's just no, for what they are, they're just an alien, basically. There's yeah else. yeah now this is actually, since you just brought this up and i don't ever try and make this podcast about my experiences or anything so you typically don't share but i can't get this off my off my mind now since you brought it up you mentioned the the crawler yeah now, this is actually something that i'd never heard of up until saturday and i was at a paranormal convention and I was on a different podcast. So I sat down with a different podcast. I was there and I was doing an interview there and I was talking about something that I encountered about 15 years ago. And the only thing I can describe it as without going into full detail is there was a walking set of legs stumbling down the road and it was taller than the vehicle I was driving. And it looked like someone was walking drunk and they were wrapped in like a big black blanket. And they were just kind of like stumbling down the road and I had to swerve to miss them. And the guy that was in front of me, he originally swerved to miss it. So two people saw the thing because when I pulled up to him, he was freaking out, asking what it was. He didn't have, it said, didn't have a head, anything like that. So when I was telling them this story, they brought up the crawlers. And I was like, yeah, I never actually looked into that before. I never heard of it. And then a different podcast that I follow were just released an episode on Monday about crawlers i was like well that's weird i've never heard of them before i was like just heard about them saturday then two days later i hear now an episode on a podcast i follow they're discussing crawlers and then you just brought up someone having the same instance i was like okay well in the last four days i've never heard of this thing before and now i've heard about it by multiple people different podcasts and it's interesting to me Oh, yeah, and that brings me back to... Oh, sorry. Do you need to continue? No, that's fine. 
that brings me back to the interdimensional thing that everybody keeps on bringing up. And it's like, because if we were to display ourselves, the two, two dimensional beings, they would only see a sliver of us. You know what I mean? Like it would just be, I don't know if I'm saying this right, but like a set of eyes or something like that, or just like segments of your fingers or whatever that you would pass through to the second dimension. They would not be able to see all of us as a three dimensional being. Because they don't, they don't perceive nor do they exist in that. And when I hear about these half beings, that's the first thing I think about, you know, and maybe that's what you saw. I don't know. You know? Yeah. It's just interesting to me. Like I said, I can't get out. I was like, I haven't ever heard of this before. And then like within the last four or five days, I keep hearing about it now. It's like, it's almost like something's pulling me to look into it now. <laughs> oh yeah. Why not? You know, it's, it's very cool. But yeah. Um, if you do actually have anyone else that has like stories or whatever, and if you think about it, just, try and have them reach out to me if they'd be willing to share because i'm always looking for guests i'm always trying to find out more information on what people experience and everything so like again i think all this stuff's connected some way or form like it's got oh yeah i mean even if it's a you know i'm sure it's very omnidirectional even if it does like where it's not like a real linear path of understanding it i'm sure it just kind of scatters i mean because you're talking if it's true there's over 100 dimensions i mean geez there's no we can't even grasp most of that, you know, nor can we depict it on paper like a tesseract. Like, yeah, you can draw one, but that's not really what it looks like. You know, it's just the closest thing that we could make on paper, you know what I mean? But it doesn't exist in our dimension. So, oh, well, you know, <laughs> that's a tesseract for now until we actually have the ability to see it for what it really is, you know? Mm -hmm. Well, I appreciate you coming out and talking with me this morning. Like, I was a little bit early, but. Oh, no, that was cool. And um, if you'd like to plug your tattoo shop where people can get out with you if they're from your area, try and hook up with you, get some work done. Oh, yeah. I mean, uh, well, the location I'm at right now is in Woodbury, New Jersey. It's Tattoo Timmy's. And then uh, this shop is about a year and a half old. And then the other shop I uh, own in Turnersville is called Tattoo Timmy's as well. And that's 15 minutes away from here. And it's next to the expressway entrance to get to Atlantic City. And uh, both of them are really close to Philly. But uh, yeah, that's, that shop's over 10 years old now. Um, and I got a bunch of employees and all that, you know? Um, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Yep, I, oh, yeah, website, tattoo-tennies.com. There you go. <laughs> I'll put that in the information on the episode. Okay, way cool. I appreciate it. I wasn't looking to do that. I was just, it's very nice of you, though. No, you I know? always try and help out. Like, I've got full sleeves and tattoos and everything else. So it's like, I always appreciate artists, so I always try and help them out. One thing that's really interesting about my job is because people are in a very uh, traumatic, painful situation is that they immediately divulge stuff to me without knowing me very well that sometimes I don't want to hear it. And sometimes I'm like, wow, that's pretty intense. But yeah, it, like that endorphin rush really does unlock, you know, a different type of honesty and uh, even just to influence them too. Like, you know, that I, tell them something while they're getting a tattoo they're more than likely to follow through if i say like you know watch this documentary or go to this website they're in a state of mind where they're all they're all, it's 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 in there in their head you know what i mean it's not like talking to someone on the street where half of it's going in one ear and out the other and and you know it's just crazy that like 80 percent easily people you'll have that 20 percent that don't have a paranormal story but a good 80 percent and it doesn't matter where they're from you know or, you know what their job is, their educational, 
it's indiscriminate completely. You know, people with um, high standings in our society, model citizens, etc. You know, people in law enforcement and politics, they all have these stories and they're different. I've never had many that connected together. And like I said, and they are usually accompanied by many witnesses, you know, whether it just be their child and their, their husband or, or, or it could just be a whole squad of friends. And that just blows my mind. And it actually makes me appreciate this job so much more now. And it actually keeps me going because, you know, you can only, <laughs> and no matter what you do, when you surpass that 10, 20 year mark in a career, you start to kind of feel a little wane in your interest in it. But God dang, does this keep the spark going? You know what I mean? Yeah, because you never know who's going to come through that door and what stories they got to tell you. Oh, yeah. So I, 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 helped, I, I hope that I help somebody that might have a similar story or help understand something a little bit better. I feel like it was just, you know, for most of my life, just it wasn't worth telling, you know, because A, you know, people were going to think I'm nuts. But B, it's just it's a whole lot of lack of information. And I hope that people react the same way that I did was like, okay, so I don't have much of a story to tell, but now we have more people that are open-minded and have their ears open to this stuff. And we should all start connecting the dots together, you know? Yeah. That's the whole point of this podcast for me is kind of almost to what you do when you hear their stories and everything else, I'm given a platform for others that are afraid to tell their story out in public or whatever, so they can come here and talk with me about it. And then they're able to, Get a little bit of relief knowing that there's someone out there listening they're not just keeping it to themselves and they're not going to get ridiculed or anything about it just because i keep things confidential so if they don't want their information shared which i won't share it anyways but like i'll list them as a name or whatever they want me to call them but other than that that's all anyone's ever going to know about it so if they feel like they're able to get some sort of something off their chest like that's what I'm here for. I'm trying to just give them a place so they can talk about what they're afraid to talk about normally. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, I could have gone on a lot more about a bunch of different things, but, and I know we were kind of randomly scattering around, you know, but uh, yeah, if I ever um, speak on your podcast again, I'll make sure to like jot down information and, and deliver more information and you know what I mean? Like all that. Or if I have customers that, that want to do it, but uh, I'll be pro more proactive with uh, getting my facts right, too. I know some stuff's like, I think I remember this, and I think I remember that, but I'd rather be more like direct information. I was listening to a podcast yesterday where the lady was saying it takes her like more than a month to, to do her program, and people complain, how come we don't do it more frequently? She's like, well, I have a full-time job, but I do this incredible amount of research. I forgot her name. I think it was Kelly something. It was pretty cool. But, um, you know, this incredible amount of research, and 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 obviously, and her delivery of it's great. She's not sounding like she's stammering around like I do or something like that. You know what I mean? It's very um, clear. And, um, you know, you could understand the, 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 the where she's going with it without any awkwardness. <laughs> Unlike yeah. me. <laughs> Anyways. No, that's yeah. Fine. But yeah, I do appreciate it. And, um, I'll definitely have you back on again. If you got anything else you'd like to talk about, you think of anything, just get a hold of me and we'll get another time scheduled. Like I said, always, cool. I release a new episode every week. So I'm always looking for content and always looking for stories. So definitely. All righty. Well, very cool. Nice to meet you. And thanks yeah. for having me on here. I no problem. It. Thank you. Have a great one. Yeah, Bye. Bye.
And that's our show, everyone. Again, let's thank Tim for coming out this morning and talking with me a little bit. Definitely had some good discussions and uh, stuff to think about. If you've ever had an encounter or an experience or story to share, and you'd like to be on a future episode, you can get a hold of me by sending me an email at tinfoiltalespodcast at gmail.com. You can find me on Facebook. Just look for Tinfoil Tales Podcast, and we'll figure something out for a future episode. Good night, everyone.